Hey, finance folks. This is Eidos Polubinskas, back with another episode of the EU Finance Podcast. Finance is about money. Money, money, money. But these days, money, or how we manage it, is changing. Like everything else, we're going digital. We hear about the newest fintechs that help us spend, save, invest, and whatever else we do with our money. We read about cryptocurrencies with their whales, Lambos, and crashes. Even central banks are getting in on the action with digital currencies. There's so much going on. Is it safe? Is it going to make life better? Who's protecting me? Let's talk about digital finance. My guest today is Jan Saisens, the head of the EU Commission's Digital Finance Unit. Hi, Jan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Edith. You are in charge of developing policies to drive digital change in financial services and to enable the creation of globally competitive pan-European digital financial products and services in a secure and resilient environment. Uh, some people just call that fintech policy, tomato, tomato. Um, let's start with the basics. What does fintech mean? What, what is digital finance and what are you and what is the commission doing about it? Fintech is very simply the use of technology to provide financial services, payments, uh, bank loans, insurance, or many others. Many people uh, do finance only via technology, only via their mobile phone or their computer. And that means, of course, also that uh, it, uh, this needs to be done in a safe and secure environment. Digital finance is still, is still finance. That means it's still a risky business. People can lose their money. If there's a cyber attack, uh, your account and the money on it may be gone. Uh, so it needs to be, first of all, safe. Um, on the other hand, uh, this is also a big uh, opportunity in the sense that it can make people's life easier. Many people have better things to do than spending a lot of time in the queue in front of the bank or uh, uh, with complicated applications actually to manage their, their deposits or to do a payment. Uh, and in that sense, digital finance actually can help people to manage their finance easier, to do savings better, to uh, uh, have better financial products in a way, the products they want, which are targeted to them in a way. And so alongside of making digital finance safe, actually, uh, we also want to make sure and encourage companies in Europe, uh, enable them actually to provide these digital finance products and to do that not just for their country, but also across uh, the different EU countries. Mm -hmm. So, so you guys aren't aren't only creating the 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 context for innovation, but you're also helping people protect themselves against risks that that they might. I mean, like you know, w when we think about the internet and we think about finance, often we think about you know these fraudulent emails coming in and asking us, you know, I've got a billion in in in, a, in an account that I can give to you. So that's what the commission is doing. It's 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 protecting people. It's mitigating risks. Absolutely. So we recently actually uh, proposed and the Parliament, European Parliament and the Council of Ministers, they agreed actually on uh, the so-called Digital Operational Resilience Act, DORA, uh, com complicated name, but uh, a short abbreviation, uh, which just basically says that each and every bank, each and every insurance company and others need to have basic uh, let's cyber risk uh, uh, mitigation measures in place. Uh, and to exactly to do exactly this, 
to protect uh, uh, people's, uh, uh, let's say, uh, savings, to, to know what are the procedures to follow if these kind of uh, uh, phishing attacks are being, uh, are being held and uh, if maybe some people are giving their password, uh, if maybe an employee gives also uh, access details, what, what does the bank then need to do uh, to indeed mitigate the risk, protect it, uh, and in the first instance to avoid that this is happening. Got it, got it. I, I guess that's, that's, that's probably the difference between the European Union and, and other economies is that um, the EU EU is always looking out, uh, trying to see how it can protect protect the consumer, protect its citizens. That's that's actually a, a really nice thing. But speaking of risk, um, uh, crypto, crypto. Anytime people think about uh, about fintech or digital finance, first thing that pops into their mind is is crypto and crypto bros. And um, lately, cryptocurrencies have uh, been in the news a lot um, because of volatility. Again, uh, more recently, there was the Terra Luna crash. Um, should people be better protected against this or uh, i mean sometimes i sometimes look at cryptocurrencies as just a, another form of gambling i mean should we just let people gamble or should we protect them what, what, what do you think well i think there are two two parts of that uh, of the response i mean the first one is that indeed many uh, crypto assets are really uh, highly risky and highly volatile instruments and uh, no regulation no protection can actually uh, help that 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 is the nature of those instruments bitcoin to give an example is made not to relate to any official currency, but basically to have its own value, but also then its own fluctuations in a way. Um, so I think that's simply what every consumer has to have in mind. And I think clear information, that's the first element, clear information on that has to be available. Then in the end, it will be up to uh, up to citizens and uh, and uh, and uh, investors to see what whether they want to go for that or not. But they need to always be aware of the risks. And the European supervisory authorities have warned on that a lot of times. I think that then there's the second element, however. I mean, what we all have an interest in and what is all clear is basically that in these crypto asset markets, you, you cannot have uh, market manipulation. You cannot have money laundering going on. You cannot have san sanction circumvention. So uh, we need very clear rules that even for those people who knowingly uh, go into these markets, basically uh, they are not falling uh, uh, fall of market manipulation and uh, they are not kind of uh, getting into some kind of money laundering scheme and other matters. And that's where basically we are now finalizing at the European level uh, a regulatory framework, the markets and crypto assets regulation, which would really put uh, these, frame, these markets into a comprehensive uh, regulation to make sure that at least they are kind of fundamentally uh, uh, sound. They are supervised by supervisors. Uh, uh, they are supervised by anti-money laundering authorities, uh, etc. Uh -huh. Okay, um, so that's the European Union doing that. Uh, but crypto, obviously, and you know, the internet is is obviously global. Um, is the European Union looking for ways to cooperate with other other jurisdictions to to make sure that um, uh, cryptocurrencies aren't used to, as you mentioned? launder money or for example um uh, i've heard that uh, russia might be using cryptocurrencies to get around sanctions i mean is is the eu working with other jurisdictions to, to prevent all this stuff absolutely and i think there's not a week which is going by without yet another international meeting and uh, uh, we are really trying to uh, to let's say coordinate with this uh, on this with our main international partners uh, the us uh, of course also in europe the uk uh, switzerland and then uh, asia um, and i think uh, progress is being made so on money laundering standards are already agreed so that uh, now needs to be implemented on uh, financial stability matters, on stable coins, uh, in a way, uh, general recommendations uh, have been agreed at global level as well. 
and again we need to to implement them but i mean i would say also there are two sides of uh, of uh, one coin here basically uh, it's important to have international standards but what's also really important is that basically all the different jurisdictions do their homework to actually put this area into regulation and to implement them basically so that's what we're working on here also right right now very much and also uh, are very keen on other jurisdictions to doing the same the united states is right now having a huge political debate on uh, let's say bringing crypto into regulation uh, and other jurisdictions are doing similar stuff okay um uh, when people think about crypto they think about it as as a currency though that that that's arguable but let's let's actually let's move to digital currency um central banks around the world are working on developing their own digital currencies the european central bank has uh, launched a digital euro project and you guys the commission is or we are uh, working on legislation for the digital euro what is this about and how will it make a difference and the the thing that that, that i don't fully understand like genuinely is don't we already have a digital euro i mean i do all of my banking online and i barely use cash anymore isn't the money that I'm manipulating or using online, isn't that already a digital euro? Today, we have, of course, increasingly, uh, increasingly using electronic uh, payments. Um, but the basis for the, the confidence we have in this system is, is, still, is still the cash. If you do an electronic payment, uh, this is still something which is managed by your bank. And it also, uh, uh, there's a risk in the system in the sense that if uh, one of the different banks participating actually uh, fails, uh, that then indeed uh, uh, the the money uh, can be lost. Now I think uh, we have many systems to to prevent this from happening. So in reality, it's not a very uh, uh, let's say real uh, real risk, but it is still there. And I think uh, today the electronic system works well because people still know well uh, if uh, push comes to thaw, they can also uh, convert their money into cash basically. Yeah. And that's what people are doing in a crisis basically. They're running to the cash machine and they are getting cash because they realize actually that uh, my electronic money on my bank account may not be as safe as cash basically and i think the question which the digital euro is looking at is basically well what uh, how does will this work uh, when when as cash is more more and more disappearing actually as mm -hmm. people are using it less and less uh, the digital euro is not supposed to actually replace cash so cash should always be there and should remain but we have to see that more and more especially young people actually don't want to use uh, cash uh, anymore well i'm not young but but i i don't like using cash anymore you are still young <laughs> And that's where the digital euro indeed comes in and says, well, I think we uh, we, we think that the, the monetary system still needs this this backing, which so far has been provided by traditional cash to work. It uh, needs to have a similar backing also in the, in the digital sphere, basically, not to replace the private uh, kind of payment solutions which you're using and which work very often very fine, but uh, to complement them and to basically be there as, a, as, a, as an anchor of stability, if you want. So that's what we're working on right now. Of course, uh, uh, a digital euro would be a project first and foremost of the European Central Bank, but indeed it would uh, require a legislative underpinning, uh, clear rules on it, and also clear rules on, for example, how will privacy be dealt with in such a context? Who is looking at your data? How can we make sure that your data is protected? How uh, do we avoid money laundering once again? Uh, and, and a couple of other matters. So that's indeed what we're working on to, to provide the framework here, so that then indeed the, the European Central Bank can actually issue a digital one question that I'd like to ask, you mentioned privacy, um, and I think that's an issue that a lot of people think about and, and probably one of the issues that, that leads to people thinking about using um, cryptocurrencies is, is, is indeed privacy of, of um, you know, uh, if 
the European Union establishes a digital euro and um, then the, the, the European Central Bank will know what I'm buying. They're going to know what I'm spending my money on. They're going to be able to track me. Now, obviously, the European Union is, 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 is well known for its uh, data protection and for privacy protection, probably more so than any, any jurisdiction um, in the civilized world. Um, but you mentioned that you're going to be that you're working on that. Can we already look into the future and see that people are going to be protected against being tracked um, in the way that they spend their digital money? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's exactly one of the points on which we're working uh, to, to, to ensure this. And this is also where, for example, a digital euro would be very different to a digital uh, renminbi on which China is currently experimenting, where it is very clear, I mean, the, the, the data protection in China is not worth very much uh, to the extent it even exists. Uh, and uh, so it's very clear a digital euro can only exist if the European standards of data protection are really uh, being uh, upheld and, uh, and implemented there. And so, yes, indeed, I think we can already say that any digital euro would really protect uh, your, your data, that uh, the ECB would not be able to track uh, all your, your behavior. Um, but uh, how to implement this, how to actually make this reality and uh, make the system still work, that's exactly, I think, what, we, uh, what we're working on right now. Okay, um, speaking of data, data protection, um, the you and, and your unit and, and your team um, and the commission have helped to spur the development of fintechs in, in Europe through payments legislation. Um, that allows consumers to share their banking data with third parties or with apps to access new services. Cool, fun, great, I, I, I use that stuff myself. Um, uh, what's next? What's, what's on the docket besides obviously the digital euro? What is next? What can the EU um, market or EU consumers, EU citizens look forward to in uh, digital finance and fintechs? Yeah, that that's, has really been a big, uh, I think, step forward also, and Europe has been taking the, the lead in this kind of open uh, uh, open banking, uh, uh, let's say, framework, uh, where really as a consumer you can say, well, okay, my bank uh, has the data and information about uh, the payments I have, but if I want to, I can uh, uh, I can use the services of another company, uh, for example, a company which wants to provide me an overview of my finance uh, situation, and I can allow them actually to access my data, which is held by a bank, because in the end, I'm the data subject, I'm I do have the, the data sovereignty, if you want. I can decide uh, uh, who has access to my personal data. And that's, I think, been a big work with uh, by the payments team here in the FISMA uh, to, to make this reality. And it has really changed uh, uh, quite a bit, I think, the financial sector and also uh, provided new opportunities for people. So what we are looking at right now is to see uh, we have currently uh, this open uh, uh, banking uh, in, in, in payments, uh, but indeed, of course, the data economy uh, uh, is, is relevant for all parts of the financial sector and actually all parts of the economy. So uh, we, we want to see how can this principle of the, the data sovereignty, of the, the idea that uh, people can decide who has access to their data, how can that be made reality also in other parts of the financial sector and actually also across sectors? Because uh, actually, if I want to take out a loan maybe to uh, have energy, to improve the energy uh, uh, performance of my, 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 my home, uh, well, I mean, the bank needs to have financial data. They need to know, can I pay back the loan? But it may also depend on actually, am I really going to have a 
very uh, energy efficient home so that the value of the home will go up basically and for that they may need also energy performance data basically. So I think what we're really also working on what we want to achieve is actually that uh, where consumers so want, where they want to have uh, access to these projects actually uh, people can use data both from the financial sector but also from other parts to indeed provide this uh, service. Wow, so integrating integrating uh, information and data not only from your financial life but from from your everyday life that 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 sounds like a, a, a brave new world as it were but in, in in the good sense knowing knowing that the EU is is, is still uh, out there looking to mitigate our risks and to and to protect uh, to protect us yeah it's, it's a well whether it's a brave new world uh, or not uh, that depends on how you see it I mean I, th I think also a couple of people uh, have don't really trust uh, the system yet and uh, I mean I think that's also something we need to work on there basically you really need to know that uh, well your data is only used uh, if if and for the purposes where you give your consent basically if you say uh, my 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 data on my energy performance can be used by the bank to assess my loan then they can use it if you say no they cannot look at it they cannot use it then they will not use it basically i think that's also what's very important here is uh, is in a way to have this interoperability between different parts of the economy but also to have this trust for people basically to make sure that really data is only used when i uh, agree or i uh, actually consent to give my consent for it to be used. Sounds good. That's um, that, that's actually reassuring to know that uh, the EU is indeed looking out, looking out for us, and, and making sure that uh, our data isn't abused. Um, Jan, thank you so much for for, for joining me today and for uh, chatting about uh, about fintechs, about uh, digital finance. Um, I look forward to seeing what uh, what comes out of the Commission in in this uh, in this area. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. There's certainly more to digital finance than meets the eye. Not surprisingly, I'm the finance guy in my family. I'm the one that does the banking, starts the conversations about financial planning, investments, etc. And of course, I'm using the computer and the phone to manage it all. I do do digital finance. Do I worry about how safe it is? Yeah. Am I careful about protecting my data? Yeah. My main takeaway from this conversation with Jan is that the EU Commission is really concentrating on the protection aspect of digital finance. Protecting me and my data and making sure that I'm able to control who gets to use my data. It's comforting to know that the EU is working on digital finance policy that's going to put us in control. It's all about consent. That's it for this time. Thanks for listening, liking, and subscribing. Spread the word. Until next time, bye.